You're listening to the Slaying Self Doubt Podcast, where we empower women of faith to identify, acknowledge, and accept their doubts and limits and beliefs in order to give birth to their God-given purpose. Join me and sometimes some of my friends on our journey as we remind you that you are not alone. I'm Felicia Wallace, and together we will find our fears and slay them. Welcome back to another episode of the Slain Self Doubt Podcast. I am here with Keisha Shields. She is the creator of um, She Will Not Be Silenced. She's also the host of the uh, She Will Not Be Silenced podcast. Hey, Keisha, how are you doing? Hey, now. <laughs> How's it going? How are you? Thank you so much for agreeing to do this. We, had, we were just talking about the fact that we've been trying to do this for quite some time. We just kept the schedules. We're not mixing. And I'm just, mm-hmm. I'm grateful that we're able to do this now. <laughs> Absolutely. You know what? I am doing well. Um, I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm really well. And um, thank you. Thank you for having me. And I'm so glad we were able to get this scheduled this year. <laughs> yeah, right. Exactly. Listen, yes. Uh, yeah. I'm certainly happy to be on. Thank you. Yeah. So can you tell us a little bit about yourself and how you got started? Absolutely. You know, so a little bit about me, you know, I'm a girl who was born in the South, born born in Georgia, raised here, you know, until I became an adult. Um, and so dealing with a lot of the Southern things, a lot of people navigate. Um, but my background is throughout my, almost my whole life, I was the one who spoke up for almost everyone and everything. If someone had an issue, they knew that I would speak up on their behalf and most likely get the result they were hoping for. (laughs) So I kind (laughs) of navigated my life that way, um, speaking up for everyone but myself. Mm. And so that's important because that kind of takes you on the trajectory of where I went. And I was a young um, C-suite executive. I was in my 20s, um, navigating being the only black girl, only brown girl, the only girl, period, um, you know, in the C-suite and all of the things that come along with that. And um, my journey found its way into me feeling like I lost my voice. I lost Mm. the power of my voice. The person who used to be the one that spoke up for everyone and all things couldn't find the courage uh, to stand up for the thing that mattered the most. And that was her. And so my journey from the C-suite into my own consulting uh, company is was pretty much stemmed from that. (laughs) Wow. I am now. Yeah, that is so that that is awesome. Like, it's so interesting, right? Like, what do you think was the thing that had you go from being the voice for everybody to realizing that you lost it? you know what, all the way real, it was this whole idea of like being stereotyped and stigmas. Mm. Like a lot of the things, some things in my personal life kept me from like, kept my two worlds separate. Mm. So I had work Keisha and I had life Keisha. Oh, we know all about. Worlds. Yes. <laughs> Yes, well, ego, right? <laughs> rarely collided, right? Yeah, you know, right. and so um, a lot of it came from that because I was excellent, right, in my role. Excellent, high p- performer, uh, high results getter, just compassionate, a fan favorite, if you will. <laughs> <laughs> That's all right, and, yes. <laughs> but people only knew what they knew about me 
as Keisha, the the person in the role, right? Mm-hmm. You know how like a lot of times at people's jobs, they'll have like their coworker friends and they hang out for dinner and all that. No, no, no. I didn't do any of that. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? And so people, I think it was the curiosity of who is this person? Like, we don't really know much about her. You know yeah. what I mean? So for me, wanting to protect, protect the sacred things that were most important to me, my relationship, my mm. all, my way of life, all of these things kept me, I didn't want to be stereotyped. Like if people knew certain things, I didn't want to be stigmatized. And so I made sure that who they knew was excellent, top of her game, all of that. You know what I mean? If you will, because in my personal life, it wasn't necessarily right, like that. Right, right. You know, I was more... Um, I was a people pleaser. I was mm. raised to um, put others always before yourself. Wow. Um, and I talk a l- about how, you know, how in the beginning I mentioned how I was the one where everybody knew they had a problem or they needed some results. They would come to me even yeah. as a kid, right? I spoke up for everyone but myself, mm. but myself. And because I was taught that that was selfish. Wow. And so I navigated my life always putting others like if they had an issue helping them to resolve it even if it was at my expense Mm. you know all of those things and so in my personal life that's who I was I didn't want to be that at work right I didn't want to be here I am the black girl you know in this all-white male you know dominated c-suite and I'm Mm -hmm. only in my 20s at the time right yeah you know and it's like all the things like I had to be powerful in this and this and it's just like for me the stereotypes and stigmas was the thing that really made it challenging um, for me and what ultimately made me recognize that I had lost my voice even at work. And that's when I knew like, okay, the, something's wrong here because this is where I'm supposed to be boisterous right, and yeah. you know, all of the things, but it was that it was not wanting my worlds to collide, not wanting people in my business, mm. you know, all of that. I'm very introspective, very to myself, you know, and that just didn't work. You know what I mean? And so that's kind of where that whole idea of it came from. And also not advocating for myself for a mm. good bit of my life. Wow. Because when I was being taken advantage of and manipulated in the corporate world, I didn't have the courage to speak up for myself because I thought, oh, well, I'm going to lose my job. Wow. And my job was my livelihood, right? That was how yeah. I supported my family. That was like, you know, all of the things. And so those those things played like a major role in that. Yeah, no, that is so like, <laughs> everything you just said is probably every woman listening to this is just like, that is me, you know? Like, <laughs> yes, you can't wear your hair a certain mm-hmm. type of way. You can't, yes. you know, talk a certain type of way. You can't, you have mm-hmm. to show up differently in these in these settings because you don't know how people are going to take you. Mm-hmm. You know, I am a person with... um uh, locks at the present time. And I, um, like, I remember coming to work one day being a, a young leader. Um, I, was, I think it was like my 28th birthday or something. And I dyed my hair red. Now, if I have to admit it to myself, it was bright. It was like Elmo red. That was okay. not my intention, right? It wasn't my intention <laughs> for it to get that bright, but I mean, I don't already spent my money. I, it is what it is. And like, we, I know it'll grow out, right? I get to work and my AVP is an older 
white lady and um we have this meeting and she kind of walks up to me she like looks me up and down she's like that's interesting and so I'm like Mm. so then my director at the time comes to me and she's like is there anything you can do about your hair I'm like like what you know what I mean? Oh, like, first of all, it's uh-huh. natural. It's, I just got it done. <laughs> like, no, I can't do anything about it. Like I'm going to, it, it just has to grow out. But that moment right there, every, the, the next 10 years being in that position, I wore brown hair, light brown hair. It would never go over a certain color. Yeah. I always, I, and, and, and on top of that, like we don't realize that the things that we hold um, are, are like held hostage by, we pass on to other people. So then I used to tell my staff, like, what color are you about to get? Because they were all young black women. I'm like, no, you can't wear that color. That's too bright. That's too this. That's too right. bad. And I would be like, you know, I didn't realize it until now, like, girl, if they wanted to wear their hair. Now, one time a girl came in there, she looked like, I turned around like, what in the whole Charlie Baltimore is going on? Like, and she said the same thing. I didn't mean for it to be that color. It just came out that way. And I was just like, I've been there. Like that was all I could say because I had been there, you know, but that, that those type of things, like you said, like I was worried because I felt like I was stereotyped in that moment. Mm -hmm. I felt like I did not want that for them because I knew they wanted to grow. Is that at at that point, I was already a leader in the organization and it, it was, it was such a thing where it was just like, no matter what I do, like, you're still going to look at me a certain type of way if I don't dress a certain way or if I carry myself a certain type of way. And I, oh, that used to, it, it's, it's draining, right? It's because mess. you have to wear that mask every single day mm-hmm. and people are doing it every single day and they have to continue to do it even during this time, right? Like you on virtual calls, like you still have to show up a certain type of way because of the expectation of other people. But, um, which is one of the reasons why I love now being an entrepreneur because I can be myself. Like the first thing I did was dye my hair purple. As soon as I left my job, I was like, <laughs> hey I, now. To, I need some color. I need mm-hmm. some something that's going to pop for me, you know? And, um, but yeah, like that whole mask that you say that you wear mm-hmm. for that period of time and not wanting your worlds to collide because of the, of what we think is going to be the consequence of that, right? Because we really don't know, but uh, it's the fear of what could happen if they knew who I really was. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. And the, the, you know, when you hear that back, it's so sad. It is, right? (laughs) So sad. Like my heart dropped. I'm like, oh, she's talking about me. Right. Like it's true though. Mm -hmm. You know, it's, it's true because, you know, especially when like I'm at a point in my life where I am in love with who I am. Yes. And to think that this person would still be trying to conform um, into a standard that was never meant for her to fit into. Come on, come on. Um, <laughs> you know what I mean, right? It's like when you look back at it, it's like, wow, you yes. know, and it's and <sighs> It's really challenging because you have some people, for example, who they're not entrepreneurial, like that's not their calling, it's mm-hmm. not their vision. And so for them, working for others or working in corporate or you know, wherever they are is what they're going to be doing until they retire. Correct. And so sometimes my heart feels a little sad because it's like, how do you navigate? 
that when this is who you're going to be needing to conform in some way, needing to try to fit into an expectation that was never designed for people like Mm. you, Mm. right? But having to navigate that because that is the way it is wherever you are working is really, really hard. And that's why I'm a big proponent of women, especially um, when it comes to self-doubt is really getting comfortable navigating other people's opinions because there's so much you can do from a personal standpoint to remediate that. And those things will cross over into your work life, into your business life. And I think so many times we do it backwards. Like we try to make it work at work, Mm -hmm. but then it, right. You like, you have to make it work for you in your life And then as you're being genuine, as you're being authentic, it will naturally spill over into your work. Because even when I left corporate and we came into my own business, I still brought those same fears with me. (laughs) I'm not one of those. I'm, I'm, I'm a realist. I am not one of those who started my business and didn't give a, you know what about what Mm -hmm. anybody thought, not Mm -hmm. me. I cared about what everyone thought. If I look a certain way, if I say a certain thing, if mm-hmm. I don't say it, if I, I mean, it was, it was rough. Yeah. Yeah. Like the same culture that did not work for me, I brought into my own business. Why? Because that is what I knew. Yeah. Yeah. That's so true. That is so, that resonates with me so much because being in the, you know, first two years of this, it's so, there's so many things that you were accustomed to, things mm-hmm. that have become a habit, things that become second nature to you that after a while, you may have questioned it when it first happened. And felt some type of way. But once you're just like, okay, well, this is what I got to do to keep going. This is what I got to do to keep, you know, paid and keep, uh, like, you know, like you said, this is how I provide for my family. Mm -hmm. You adapt to it. And you saying that you bought those old habits into your, your entrepreneurial journey and your business is absolutely right. We, you know, a lot of times you take some, you do take some things from your corporate job and you bring it because that's that it's experience, but you also take the bad things too. It doesn't just immediately disappear, which is, you know, a part of like this lane self doubt journey is that you have to go through the process to fill out, figure out what are the things that are no longer true? What are the things that are no longer what they, you know, what they currently are? What do I need to change about me so I can truly walk in my purpose? And you have to rid yourself of those things. But before you can do that, you have to do exactly what you and I just did right now in this like quick little second. It's like, real recognize acknowledge and admit those things right like once you know that those are the things that are holding you back like I knew it was I mean even if you think like you say it's so sad it's like it's the simplest thing it's your hair right like it's hair you know but your hair you know a lot of people your hair defines you it defines who you are and I'm a big person on like child your hair grow back do whatever Mm -hmm. you want to do with it like unless it is you know you have some you know like health conditions where you are having issues with your hair but I'm like for the most part so many things but it's such so tied to your identity that when Mm -hmm. somebody diminishes it just by the color it's like 
oh, you know, you start to rethink yourself. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, for us, as especially as African-American women, we tie a lot of things to our worth and our value that yes. really have nothing to do with that. But in those moments when somebody says something about you that um, you you receive it in a way sometimes that, child, this is, listen, that, that like you say, you, you can feel it. Like I was like, oh my gosh, am I getting teared up? Like it's, it's just I'm over here nodding my head as you're talking. Because it is, I, uh, yes. it's a mess, mm-hmm. the struggles that we mm-hmm. go through and the things that we have to reverse, right? Like, so that we're able to fully walk into our purpose happy. So like when you started out this conversation, you say, I am good. Like that takes work for yes. no matter what's going on for oh, me to have. Yes. Like I could hear it in your voice. I know with that, like when I, I am good, despite hear, whatever's going on, the peace me? that I have in this moment. Yes. Shoot. Yes. And I, so, I love that you said I could hear it in your voice because I think this also ties into uh, we're talking about self-doubt. Let's talk a little bit on the other side really quick, right? Which is I think this ties into that difference between like when you're at a place where you feel confident and assured in yourself. Mm, yes. When you do, people can hear it in your voice. Absolutely. Right? They can see it in your eyes. And I think that sometimes we, for whatever reason, believe that self-doubt and confidence are the only two opposites of each other right Mm. and it's like I'm a very confident person now yeah yeah now and guess what there are areas where I still struggle with self-doubt yes ma'am yeah right like it's not this thing where once you get it rid of one you're automatically in the (laughs) other that's not how it works exactly yes uh and then what i was going to say too with this whole thing of like confidence and um when you say you could hear it in my voice when you're genuine when your belief in yourself and your belief in the areas of growth for yourself when those things are true your expression of what used to be a strong doubt will be so assured Mm -hmm, that mm -hmm. people will know they will understand when you say I'm good or I'm well, they will be like, okay, she done been through some things. Yes. Yes. We'll know it's not an arrogance. And I think sometimes women worry, oh, well, if I'm confident, they're going to think I'm arrogant. Mm -hmm. There is a big, big difference. Right. And when you're genuine, you often don't have to worry about that, you know, because like I deal with that sometimes too. Like I get clients um, and people seem to think like, oh, like nobody thinks my life is as well, right? Because I'm very transparent about that. Mm-hmm. I've never, ever like in my business purported to be perfect and all of this, none of this, right? Right. People know that I, I, that I'm, that I deal with some things because I don't speak up a lot, a lot about my personal things, right? I, my personal life is what it is to me. You know yeah, what I mean? But yeah. the difference before is that I was hiding it. Mm, mm, mm. Now I'm enjoying it. Yeah. And there is a big difference. One was, I mean, just lathered in self-doubt, mm. right? the self-doubt. Oh, what are people going to think? 
what are they going to think of me? What if they don't even know me and they form some kind of opinion based yeah. on something that's not even correct, right? Mm-hmm. What if this? What if that? Oh, but what if? Oh, but what, right? All of those things just made the doubt just so prominent, right? And it's like now I've learned to embrace it as a part of my journey. Yeah. And I want that for so many other people. Like now when I doubt, because I'm doing something right now that is like quite literally probably like on the verge of being a miracle and like an absolute like fall out the sky, God, like, you know, it's only God. Right. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And then like, but I haven't been able to to com- to double confirm it, right? Mm-hmm. And so in my mind, it's like, okay, but only I only got one little piece of information, so maybe it's not that, right? Yeah. Like, even the doubt when I know in my heart that this is what it is, sometimes when your mind can't conceptualize that this could actually be happening yeah, to you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? Like that is so easy for self-doubt to start showing up. But it's like now when I feel it, now I recognize it. Mm, mm. I'm like, okay, well, I'm like, wow, this doubt is starting to show its head. And let let me see what is that about, right? But before that was something that I would not have been able to handle that way. And so I'm just saying that to encourage, you know, listeners that if you are at a place where you have been navigating not well, not Mm -hmm, navigating mm -hmm. well, the doubt, just know that there is so much light just beyond that. Mm. I'm not going to say on the other side of that, because remember, there are two parts of the same hole, right? Yeah. You know what I mean, right? So, you know, there is light just beyond that. And so for me, it's like, learning to navigate the doubt, recognize it for what it is. And for me, addressing what is it that's making it feel that way. And before I would not have been present in mind enough to even understand that I needed to do that. Mm. But it comes with living the experience. Mm. I swear you were speaking to my soul right now. And the whole time though, right? <laughs> because we already, I like you and I know what the questions are. Like I was like, we, we, without even asking the question, uh, you know, if anybody's listening to these episodes, they would know the very first question is how self-doubt showed up in your journey. And you just answered that, right? Like, and I'm my sitting bad. over here. <laughs> no, it's all good because that just lets you know, like these conversations, like you like the whole purpose of this is to be able to show that it shows up differently in everybody and just having you know a regular conversation about where this all started you end up naturally realizing that these are the things that happen and that everybody's journey includes some sort of self-doubt whether you want to admit it or not there will always be there will always be something but one of the things that you said that I that resonated with me was when you said that the other side of self-doubt is confidence mm-hmm. and the and when you are genuine and you are true in what it is that you believe you can do things more confidently 
even if this self-doubt is still present. And Mm -hmm. I think that that speaks to, um, you know, that definitely it speaks to God, like being in you and working through you, because a lot of times we don't just hide from people we have from him. And it ain't like he don't already know. (laughs) Like he like, listen, sis, you (laughs) I, I can see you like you're not you're not hiding. Yes. Right. Yes. And so I think once we become, you know, when we're honest with him and then we're honest with ourselves, and we're intentionally doing the work for ourselves, not for everybody else, but you're mm-hmm. doing the work for yourself. Then you can say, despite what I'm going through, despite my insecurities, despite my fears, despite my self-doubt. I'm good. Like I'm, yes. I'm confident in who I am because mm-hmm. some of the things that you're going to have doubt in God, the, the God is not going to take it away. Like mm-hmm. we want everything to be gone mm-hmm. and we want it with my air quotes, perfection. Mm-hmm. That's, he's not going to give you that because that's how he uses you. So as long as you keep having those things and he knows that that's, what's pushing you forward, he gonna, you're going to keep it. Like you, you're just that, that it's, it's the way it is. So yeah. Yes. And I wanted to say one additional thing with that too, Felicia, uh-huh. um, is when I know a lot of people, a lot of people struggle with the idea of confidence and like, what does that mean? And how do you get it? And how do you find it? It's a very elusive word, right? Yes. And I know that for myself, when it comes to the kind of one other end of of the doubt wheel, you know, for me, it's like when I say that confidence, for me, what I'm saying is that feeling of assuredness. I feel very assured about myself. Yeah. I feel very assured about my intentions. I feel very assured about whose I am. Mm, mm -hmm. I feel very assured about the fact that there is a calling on each of us. And if not, there would be no need for us to be here. So when I say confidence, (laughs) I want people to get to that place where they start to feel assured in who they are. Because for me, that's when I started slaying self-doubt yes ma'am yes yes you are you hit the nail on the head that that assurance of knowing knowing those things that you're right that is exactly when the tables turn because you again like I said earlier you're every every level that you are at where no matter what you do as you continue to move up and got in your purpose and where God wants you to be you will face different types of things and you will have doubt and you will have um things that will come up that could possibly throw your game off because it's the same way god said we all know that the enemy comes to kill steal and destroy so Mm -hmm. you will have some opposition that's not not what's going to happen but when you like exactly what Keisha said when you know whose you are and you are and mm-hmm. you are assured in his word and you are yes. you stand in that you have that foundation you can literally do anything like you yes. can do it with him it's, it's when we are trying to do it in our own strength absolutely we are trying to figure it out on our own and we like god i'll be right back i'm gonna go ahead and mm-hmm. I'm, gonna, I'm gonna help you out and i'm gonna go over mm-hmm. here and do that and he don't need your help like right in real life. So one of the questions that I did have for you is that what have you learned about yourself during this journey that you didn't know before? That I had it right all along. Hmm. Hmm. And that has been one of the biggest like bombshells 
that was revealed to me on is that I had it right all along. And what I mean by that is this, who I was in the very beginning was just perfect. Mm. The Keisha before she was taught that she was too loud the Keisha that who she was before she was told that she talked too much, the Keisha that she was before she was told this, that, and the third, right? Mm -hmm. That Keisha who was super compassionate, kind-hearted, really truly spoke up for others because she believed in having the best. She believed in the best for everyone. She had it right all along before she was taught to conform before standards, other people's standards were put on her life. Mm. Who I was, was right all along. And I have spent the latter part of my journey unboxing, Mm. undoing, unlearning, unbeing taught so many things that were never aligned for me Mm. I know and this is what I talk about with that whole thing about confidence it's not confidence it is I am assured yeah that who I am and have always been at my core is exactly who I was supposed to be yeah and that allows me to show up and people see it as confidence. That's what allows me to step into a room and people feel it as confidence. Even if I don't feel it as that, I step into a room feeling assured yeah. that I'm here for a reason, yeah. that I have value to bring to the table. Mm. And so that I had it right all along. Who I was, was right from the beginning. That is a whole word right there. That is a whole word right there because we have a tendency to try to change everything to conform, like you said. And the word says, do not conform Mm -hmm. to the things of this world. You Mm -hmm. know what I mean? And we do our very best to be like, okay, so let me do it this way and let me try to figure it out. But when it all comes down and you walk in your purpose, you are just you. As I've yep. been doing this, you know, been on this slant of our journey and trying to figure out all the things and even, you know, people who know my story. And when I started this, I was like, well, Lord, I'm, I do it later because I haven't really slayed myself out. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't until he was like, uh, yeah, that's the whole point. Like, <laughs> that's what you're saying. I, really, I can relate to that one. This is yes, a journey. And so you have to show people. And it was just like, I don't, you know, I still felt uncomfortable. I still felt nervous. And honestly, it wasn't until... Um, I was able to admit to myself and to those who were, um, who were a part of the, who had been a part of this journey with me, what my biggest insecurity was and what it was that I was dealing with and how I, how I saw myself. Right. And what that was is that it freed me from it. It freed me from that self doubt because at that point it no longer had a hold on me. It no longer was keeping me boxed in. So when you say unboxing, some of that is, Mm -hmm taking the things that people have said or what you say about yourself and you you canceling that out you know like write it down burn it throw it away whatever it is but you say that's not who I am I'm not defined by that thing and even if that is true right even if that is true I'm still purpose to do his work 
That doesn't yeah. that doesn't disqualify me. It does it actually qualifies me That's because exactly I'm not what perfect. I was, you, I was going. I was yes, ma'am. Yes, yes. It actually yes, you qualifies got the me. Choir over here. Yes, ma'am. <laughs> yes. yes. And so it's so. Is, this is so important, especially during this time and like all the things that we've gone through this year. Um, for me, it's been just a joy to like talk to so many other women who have had struggles like me in a different way and be able to see, see that it's so many of us, right? So many of mm -hmm. us who struggle with just coming into our own. And once you break free of that, we're able to walk in. That's why I said it. You, there's a piece that surpasses all understanding. Like nobody can tell you anything because you know, like your God qualified you. He called you. He's told you that this is what you're supposed to do. Can't nobody touch that. Like you know that you know that you know, and you are secure in that knowing. Yes. Even when others try to make it something it's not, mm -hmm. and even when others, including sometimes family members. Yep try to weaponize it against you. Yes. When you know that you know, you have to hold on to that. You have to believe that it's true for you. Yes, yes. That is such a word, Keisha. So let us talk about She Will Not Be Silenced. You got a podcast. You have um, a whole business around. You have clients. Yeah. Like, what does she... Tell us all about She Will Not Be Silenced. What What all do you offer? How... Like, like all the things. <laughs> so it's, it's kind of... It's a little funny because I was listening to what you said um, just recently here about your slaying self-doubt journey and how you were like, well, I know I haven't actually slayed it all the way yet. Right. How am I going to, you know, and it's like, no, this is, this is actually a part of the journey to making that happen. Yeah. That was nearly identical to my, she will not be silenced. So she will not be silenced is um, it's a podcast. She will not be silenced is first of all, it's my core. Yeah. And one of the ways that I, talk about it is through the she will not be silenced podcast it was something that i talked about for years mm. for years oh i'm going to do this and this and that and yeah okay and then i'm like well i mean the name came i was like i knew exactly what it needed to be called i knew all of that and i'm like but hold up like i barely even like speak up publicly online about <laughs> How am I going to have this thing about she will not be silenced when it's like, uh-uh-uh. It was like, nope, this is exactly why you need to do it because this is actually going to be the journey that's going to provide the healing mm. that you need to be a vessel for others. And when I tell you doing my, the podcast, right, specifically, um, opened up so many things for me because it made me deal with one of my biggest, biggest self-doubt challenges that I've had my whole life, not being able to control the narrative of what other people think. Mm. And the podcast accomplished that <laughs> because <laughs> it was a one-way conversation. Yes. All <laughs> they could do was hear me talk. Mm. I was not talking back with them. I wasn't able to ask them, well, did you understand what I mean? Yeah. yeah. I, I wasn't able, I had to just say my piece and trust 
right? That it would be received in the way that it was designed and spoken, right? Yeah, yeah. I had no control. I couldn't control the narrative. I could not control what anybody thought about me after mm. they listened to anything I said. Mm. And that was my biggest self-doubt challenge throughout my whole life is I, what I could, because if I can hear what you're concerned about, I can tell you, well, no, 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 you misunderstood. Right, right, well, no, right. No, uh-uh, I couldn't do that on the podcast, right? And so that journey it's quite funny to me. I think it's hilarious. Like, I, you know, <laughs> say, like, you want to make God laugh, give him a plan kind of thing, right? Yes. I'm like, my biggest issue is what other people think. And here I am literally on a platform that I don't have a clue what people think and can't do a thing about it. <laughs> All yes. I can do is show up and deliver. Um, And so the podcast is a leadership podcast, but we talk about all life issues that women especially women leaders navigate um, from dealing with narcissism to imposter syndrome Mm. to um, blending your faith, boldly blending your faith with your business Mm -hmm. um, to dealing with the self, the self-talk, the self-doubt, all of the things that come up on your journey, the self-silencing is a big Mm -hmm. one, right? Mm. Um, Learning to find your voice. And so the things that we talk about are the things that I navigate with clients who come and work with me. Um, In my consulting business, um, my She Will Not Be Silenced clients come to me and I work with executive women, uh, women who are in uh, high visibility leadership roles or they're transitioning Mm. into high visibility leadership roles. Mm -hmm. And they are people who are often very private in their personal life. And they're coming up to a really critical point in their journey, in their professional journey, where they now have to be more prominent than what they may have liked to in the past. And so learning how to be fully who you are without apology Mm. and in a way that is appropriate for the business you're in, the career path you're going. I am not a fan of even if she would not be silent, she would not be silenced does not mean say what you want when you want. Right, right, right. Yes, exactly. (laughs) There are levels of appropriateness. There are certain things that are appropriate to say in a different way, depending on the room you're in. And so I work with clients to learn to really rediscover their voices and it can be helping them to find their voice in the boardroom, right? Mm -hmm. It can be helping them to find their voices um, just in the workplace. Sometimes we deal with the family issues finding your voice in your family, because sometimes family members feel like they can just run all over you, right? (laughs) It's learning to not be silenced, not allow other people to silence you. It's about being able to share your political views, your personal views, the causes that matter to you. And it all makes sense. Yeah. sounds like you. And so we deal with all things, finding your voice, ensuring that others are not allowed to silence you Mm. and really helping women to break through all of the glass ceilings in their life, helping women to uncover their million dollar stories because my clients 
are dealing with stigmas and stereotypes. Even though they're executives, it might be a relationship that people may not agree with. It may be something in their upbringing. It may be their religious beliefs, whatever it is. I help them to navigate the stereotypes, the stigmas, and other people's opinions in a way to where it rolls off their back like water, just like in the shower and water just rolls off of you. Mm. And they come out feeling like they had it right all along. It's so much undoing and rediscovering and giving of permission, mm. right? We, we sometimes we forget that we have permission to be who we were, who we were in the beginning. Yes. Right? And so it has a lot to do with that. And it's work that I am just passionate about not only because I have some expertise in it, but because I lived this journey my entire life. And so being able to come at it, you know, in those perspectives, but, you know, in a nutshell, there we go. No, yeah, that is amazing. Like, as you were talking, I definitely thought about some um, women that I would, you know, that have, I've crossed paths with in, um, in my corporate career that, you know, especially as an African-American woman, mm-hmm. woman, when you're in these leadership positions, the, you know, sometimes I feel like you, like you, they were like the, the job was given to you. Right. Yes. Not like you earned it. Right. Yes. Like, oh, you know what you do, mm-hmm. but that's how they treat you. Like, yes. okay. You just here so we can meet our, uh, our quota. And then yep. they don't allow quota. Yeah. So mm-hmm. they, that way you don't, you know, but you ain't supposed to say nothing. You're not supposed to have no views. You're not mm-hmm. supposed to, you know, and, when I think about that, like how many people sit in meetings and don't say anything and they have the idea that they have the solution, right? Yeah. Um, Ooh, and, yes. and they don't say it because it could be doubt. It could be that their voice has been silenced in other areas and giving them, like you said, the permission to be able to speak up and do it unapologetically is so powerful because you're right. We we on podcast. We have the freedom to say whatever we want without mm-hmm. nobody saying nothing, right? So mm-hmm. I don't, there's right. no censorship. There's no yes. me being like oh, I need to make sure that my boss don't hit it. I am my mm-hmm. boss, okay. Yes. I don't have to. Uh-huh. <laughs> I don't have uh-huh. to worry about none of that. But there's people who, as we talked about in the beginning who are wearing a daily mask and is yes. training them. And mm-hmm. even during this season, of uh, all that we have gone through, the social unrest, the um, pandemic, all of that, like outweighs heavily so much on people. And um, I've been having so many conversations about uh, emotional exhaustion and just yes. people, they, they tied, like mm-hmm. people is tied and they don't know, but it's because you've been pretending to be somebody that you, that you not like you, like it's draining. It's literally draining and killing people because they are the stress of it all. And if you had the space and that, and I think that what I love about these collaborations, especially when I'm talking to somebody like you, who um, we, we're kind of in the same space, right? Mm-hmm, we are, mm-hmm. we are creating space for people to become who they are. Yes. Are creating space for people to be able to say enough is enough. I'm ready for what's next. But in order for me to do that, I have to take this mask off. I have to stop pretending that I'm not who, who God says I am. And also 
not be afraid of the consequences because somebody might like to reel you and you may mm-hmm. still also keep your job and you may mm-hmm. you may have to you know there may be some like you say you can't be in there saying anything you want mm-hmm. or you know all mm-hmm. willy-nilly or nothing but you need to speak up you need to say your piece you need to get that off your chest because all you do well, when you do that you just keep pushing yourself further back and you continue to hide and nobody's gonna see you if you don't say nothing I completely and- agree and one thing I want to add to that um Felicia is Um, I think a lot of people rightfully, in my opinion, get worried about, oh, are they going to like who I am if I'm just who I am, right? This is why I think consulting and coaching and mentorship is so important Mm -hmm. because to be honest, who you naturally are probably is not appropriate for that setting, right? Right, right, But there is such a thing as leadership development, Mm -hmm. refinement, cultivation. That's the point. It doesn't mean, okay, I'm taking off this mask and I'm just going to be who I am. That's wrong, right? learn if you are a little bit insecure and unsure getting to some leadership development Mm -hmm. they'll help you be exactly who you are in the way that is exactly right and you may not even know what that is yet yeah yeah absolutely and developing and refining the real you Mm -hmm. because so many people think the real me is just who i show up as no because you're showing up as all of the standards, expectations, stereotypes, all of the traumas, insecure. you're showing up as all of yep. that right now. All of that is a part of who you are. Mm-hmm. And so getting into some development, refinement is important, especially when it comes to slaying self-doubt, especially when it comes to being a leader and in someone with influence, someone with God influence, okay? Mm -hmm. Someone with calling and dimension, you have to be refined, a refined version of who you are because that's the real you. Yes, no, you, that, you, that right there was a whole word because we, and and a lot of times we tend to shy away from those things. Um, And I I remember being in that space where I was like, I wanted to be a better leader, right? I didn't really know how, you know, certain places, you know, my, the organization I was working for at the time, they did have, um, they, they had mandatory things we had to go to. Right. And it was, I would go, but I would kind of go like, here we go again. Oh, but I, mm-hmm. I got a day, whatever. But once I really started listening to what they were saying and realized like, okay, wait a minute, this is not just about the work. This is about me. This is about things that, how am I, how I feel about me, how mm-hmm. I take care of me, how, how my self-doubt shows up about me is reflective in my work. That may yes. be the reason why I won't reprimand the person that I feel like mm-hmm. I don't want to make them feel bad, right? Yes. That's the reason why I won't, you know, discipline the young lady who is late every single day. And mm-hmm. you're like, but I understand her situation. And you put it, that's the reason why I'm not doing my job to its full capacity mm-hmm. because I'm worried about what people are going to think. Even, yes. it, but it's, it, who, it's your job. This, yes. this is your job to manage and lead them. And you're not doing a good job of that. So no, that is that what right there was definitely, um, that was, it, that resonated with me. Cause I'm like, I, I have been there and I know exactly what, 
what that looks like. Keisha, yes. And if you're doing your job and you're afraid to reprimand or call people to the carpet, then just if that's you, this that is an opportunity to help them Mm -hmm. develop and refine. So you be the vessel that sets the standard for that rather than seeing it as something that they're going to be judgmental about. You have the opportunity to flip that directly on its head. Yeah, no, that that is so true. And that's exactly what happened once I got it together and I was just like, oh, okay, I see what I need to do now. Mm-hmm. This, is a, this is less about me. I mean, less about them and more about me. And I've really had to just kind of change things up. So by the time I got to the end of it, you know, I was a beast at it. So yes. that was great. But um, Keisha, this has been such a great conversation. I am so grateful that um, you agreed to be on the show. I, this was this was exactly what I needed right now. And I know Aww. I'm always yes. very clear about, you know, who it is that I get connected with and who it is that I do these episodes with. And they have to be um, like, they have to be purposeful and they yes. it has to make sense. Right. And so mm-hmm. that's why I was like, we can't leave this year without doing this. Yes. I, can't <laughs> I don't know what the Lord going to tell me to do next. I was willing. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I, I, uh, he told me to do this. I have looked at, listen, I done been out of order yes. with him way too many times. Oh, I know yeah. I'm going to just keep it going. So okay. I, I, listen, how can people connect with you if they are ready to start this journey of not being silenced anymore? Um, if they're ready to really figure out what it is about them that is keeping them from being their most authentic self, how can they get in contact with you and um, your services? Absolutely. So um, the best way is to go to KeishaShields.com. From there, you can go wherever you need to. So for example, I recommend that you start with the podcast, right? Listen to some episodes, allow it to feed your spirit, allow it to provide nourishment and encouragement for yourself is something that doesn't cost you a thing. Go to navigate to the podcast link, or you can go into your app store and get the She Will Not Be Silenced um, podcast. Mm-hmm. But go to the website, KeishaShields.com, navigate to the podcast section, and just feed and feed yourself. From there, you can also watch me on my videos on YouTube. Um, If you click on my key TV, you'll find it on my website. Um, And then if you want to learn more about my services and maybe connect with me, you can do all of that from there. So the best thing is to go to KeishaShields.com and you can find me on social at Keisha P. Shields on all the platforms have the same username. So at Keisha P as in Papa Shields. Nice. Well, all of that information will be in the show notes. Thank you so much, Keisha. I truly appreciate Thank you, it. Thank you, Felicia, for having me. Definitely a blessing. I like. I know someone is getting some confirmation from this whole conversation, and I'm just I'm I'm grateful to just be doing this work because we we out here changing lives, sis. That's that's what we doing. Absolutely, <laughs> and I, I'm wishing the best of everyone and their journeys to continue to slay self-doubt. Yes, thank you so much. Thank you, bye-bye. We end every episode with the serenity prayer and it goes as follows. God, grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, the courage to change the things that I can, and the wisdom to know the difference.
All right, y'all, that's all for this week. Thanks for listening. And don't forget to share, subscribe, rate, and review. Remember to head over to Facebook and Instagram and follow me at Slain Self Doubt. Oh, wait, don't forget, go to my YouTube channel and watch this episode. And remember to press the subscribe button. Until next week, see ya.